Hey, Maddie. Yeah, what's up? Uh, I have a little uh, confession that I want to uh, confess to you. Do you want me to stop recording right now? Before no, 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 absolutely not. All right, okay. Because it's to our listeners. Okay, go ahead and tell me. Um, I just want to let our listeners know that we acknowledge that we had some audio issues in our last episode. And, uh, you know, in the spirit of being transparent, we we wanted to release that episode. I thought that there was a lot mm-hmm. of really great stuff in there. Um, yeah, we did have some issues. Thank you, Bo Ransdell, for helping us uh, fix podcast. those of Legion Podcasts. Um, but we're hoping and we're praying that the mystery of the audio will not affect this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, we're working on uh, getting some new equipment. Uh, yep. I'm crafting up a sound wall mm-hmm. so that we can sound better and less echoey. Um, so just bear with us, you know. Um, and hey, you know what, too? If you just happen to be a super fan of Friday the 13th and you also have a lot of money and you want to be our mega sponsor. Our benefactor, if baby, you will. We we want to run away with you. We want to be kept, men. We want to be kept in this. We'll, you know, I'll be your pool boy. You know, I'm not going to take off much of my clothing for you. And my rule at a pool is always no pictures. Um, but if you can abide by those, if you can abide by that, we'll take your, you know, five hundred dollars. That being like that. said, uh-huh. this is our women episode. It's episode five. Episode five. Here we go. Yay. <laughs> Be afraid. Be very afraid. We have some bad hombres here, and we're going to get them out. The box. You opened it. We came. Bing, bing, bong, bong, bing, bing, bing. I love China. Hi, I'm Jackie. Wanna play? I just want them to suffer. I joined Donald Trump on the Republican ticket because I believe he has the right leadership and the right vision to make America great again. In 2017, a majority of Democrats turned into alt-left radical psychos, but we'll get back to them later. I will build a great, great wall. I don't like them putting chemicals in the water that turn the freaking frogs gay. Do you understand that? And now, it's time for Friday the 13th, the podcast where we talk about horror in real life and horror in media. Are you ready to get slayed? Hey folks, it is Saturday, May 19th, and uh, we are dating this episode specifically because we're talking about women, but it also happens to be the day of the royal wedding. And And 
episode five. Hello. And it's episode five. We're very excited to be back with you. We're halfway to 10. Halfway to 10. And, and, and 10. then 10 is halfway to 20. Yes. And then, you know, it just goes on from there. And then I'm almost 40. That's math. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, uh, exciting episode today. We're going to be talking about some great films later, but first we're going to focus on horror in real life. And there's an awful lot of horror in real life these days for women. Mm-hmm. And I think it's interesting that we're talking about this on the same day as the royal wedding. For I find it interesting that you say these days. Because I would, well, say, no, I would say those days. Well, I, I guess what I mean by these days is that there, because, because of things like the Me Too movement, yeah. which, which could only come out of something awful happening to women, unfortunately... Right. Um, but it's been this 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 galvanizing moment recently, right? So the past year has seen you know women's voices coming to the fore in ways that we just haven't seen. And before. Don't you find it interesting that so many people are like criminalizing this movement? Like, how dare Tell me more like, about that? Well, no, like how dare these women come forward? Like, how dare they challenge this this man? And after, I mean, some people are like it's been fifteen years, and you just now are bringing this up. Like, I, it, it just it, it kind of angers me that um, we're not allowed to talk about the past discrepancies of sure. certain people because of the power that they hold. Well, and and I, I think that speaks to the lack of clarity about mental health in this country too. I yeah. think I think if you've never experienced trauma before then that might be a point of view that actually makes sense to you. Yeah. But if you're somebody who has unfortunately experienced trauma, then you know that your body does things mm-hmm. to literally keep whatever that thing is down to protect you. And this is echoing a statement I think I made in a previous episode where like, it takes you <clears throat> knowing the kind of person to understand what they are. So yeah. like, if you have never met a trans person before, if you've never met a gay person right. before, you're going to have different stances on that until you actually come face to face with someone that is actually carrying that. Right. Um, and, and the other part of it too is, I mean, like, like let, let's take the Bill Cosby example. Oh God. So Bill Cosby was like, yeah, and he, I mean, Bill Cosby was beloved by white people, by black people, by kids, by adults, by old people, by young. He was beloved by literally. Everybody, Republicans, Democrats, this, that. Yeah, Everyone yeah, yeah. loved him. And they loved the whole family and blah, blah, blah. So it was really hard to to believe, I think, for a lot of people. Yeah, of course. That like, Bill, Bill Cosby did, he did this? Yeah. Like, I, I can't even imagine him, like, saying a cuss word. But I think, I think for the same reasons that you're saying is the main reason why he probably got away with it for so long. Did. Yeah. Because once you hit a level <clears throat> of power or of celebrity... To a certain degree, you're almost, I don't want to say untouchable, but it makes it much harder sure. for you to get past publicists, um, people offering you money to keep quiet, yeah. your own sanity to keep and, quiet. And, and, and then, you know, the, the money part, that takes us right to Harvey Weinstein. Yeah. And thinking about Harvey Weinstein, he has so much money mm-hmm. that if you came forward with anything, he'd just sue your ass until, right. until you literally couldn't take right. it anymore. It's it's and, it's 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 crazy. Right. And, I, and and normal people, I mean, being in a lawsuit is a terrible thing. Trust me, it's not fun. If you're a normal person who does not have millions of dollars and don't know what to do, you can't last long. Yeah, you know the the it's uh, it's it's very hard to do. Being in a lawsuit is trying. It's taxing. It's very emotional. And then you also have to keep living your life too. Like you do. once you start a lawsuit, stop. you can't just like quit your job and say like, oh, this lawsuit's my full time job. You now. you want to, yeah, but you can't. Right. 
and and it's um, it's, and, it's very very and hard. sometimes it's just easier for a human being that has emotions and a life to just walk away from it sure. and just try to get better on their own yeah. and try to seek mental health to deal with the anguish sure. that someone is inflicted and, and, on you. And, and to probably think about like, you know, well, maybe he won't do it again. Right. But the, the reality is that the only way that you can really change human beings today, and it's sad, is through their pocketbook. Yeah. And so that's that's why these suits or exist. Or extremes. I mean, or, or, it, it or, takes extremes. Yeah. Like, it takes... So I think the reason why this whole thing has really, and I'm speaking to the Me Too moment, um, Me why Too it movement. like movement, yeah. moment, movement, same, same thing, thing um, is that it's because they've garnished so much power from the press mm. and the press is willing to talk about it. Sure. Because if you look back, like, let's say, let's, let's go back to where our, our upcoming movies come from, yeah. the mid nineties. Right. If someone came forward with this stuff. The press would just be like, we don't believe you. Sure. It takes kind of this, um, almost like a wave of pressure for you to talk a about it. A critical mass yeah. of people. Right. Who finally just say, you know, you know it, what? Enough. And it does take people like fucking Mira Sorvino and Rose McGowan. Totally these does. people to come forward. And then you start to see all these other people, you know, for lack of a better term, kind of the woodwork. Yeah. Because they finally feel like they have enough power to be able to do something about sure. it. Whereas before, and this is what I don't think people are understanding, before they were much too scared to do anything about it. Because do you know how easy it is to ruin someone's life? Someone's life? Yeah. And I'll even say that on the opposite side, too. Sure. Um, I, I do want to be very careful about how we handle these type of cases because I do think that everything needs to be handled on a case-by-case basis. Sure. Because sometimes there are, like, I hate to say it, but there are star fuckers out there. There well, are people that are gonna, they, you know, YouTube stars trying to come up. The world is greedy is basically there, what I'm trying to there, say. There are people who will always take advantage of the tort system exactly. in, 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 in our justice system to, to get money yeah. because they know that they can. Right. And, and, you know, and they also know that if you attack somebody of a certain clout, then there's a great chance you'll get at least a settlement out of it. And that, that of course... Or honestly, like that, just having that, your name... I and... just want to be clear. I'm not speaking about about every woman right now. No, 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 Absolutely no. not. But there are certainly humans out there that, that do that sort of thing. And it's, it's nefarious. And it's unfortunate because the tort system in America is actually really great. Like people who always talk about, like, we should just get rid of torts or there's just too many like crazy lawsuits out there. I completely disagree with you. The, the tort system is the common man's way of seeking justice in yeah. America. Mm-hmm. That's how you do it. And you do it through people's pocketbooks because, damn it, if you hit somebody in the pocketbook, you right. can guarantee that if they did something really wrong, they ain't ever going to do that again. Well, isn't that, like, I'm sorry, but, like, that's how we control everything else in America? Exactly. You know, we're a capitalist society. So is it some, is it some like, big surprise right. that people would do that? That that would be the next thing, So, you I mean, know? But it, it is, of course, unfortunate that there are people who take advantage of it. Yeah. And then they, they, they make that system of torts a small amount of people be... A small amount of people give people the wrong, you You're know, the wrong idea. You're absolutely right. Right there. Um, I, I just, I just want to make that. Like, no, I think it's important. But, but you know, I, I think it's, I think this, this whole moment and movement right now is super important um, for for really a lot of reasons because we're not just talking about like sexual assault, right? Yeah. We're also talking about how women make 
you know, the, the, the cents on the dollar yeah. for what a man makes. We're also talking about abortion rights right, right. now. We're also talking about, uh, you know, mental health parity. And to bring it back to, like, the the royal wedding, and right. I think that I'm going to give this credit a little bit to our friend Beth. Mm-hmm. Um, and we do understand the irony that it's two men talking about women's yeah, stuff. Of course. Um, we wanted to have a women's point of view on this. It just didn't line up with our scheduling. Um, but we thought it was still a great topic to talk about. We want to make sure that we put our ideas out there. But anyway, bringing it back to the royal wedding, I, I find it very interesting that all the headlines and all the stories are all about how he chose her. Sure. Not that she chose him, that he chose her. Yeah. That, you know, the person in power, the man in power, chose the woman yeah, to, right. to wed. Right. And I just find that very interesting that we we still, to this day, use that kind of language instead of they found each other. Exactly. They fell in love together. Right. Like, right. It, it's not... Men don't choose women. Right. People sure. choose people. Exactly. Just like men choose men, it, women choose women. It's, well, it's and, all... You know, <laughs> and, th- and that's just the thing. You know, look, I, I watched the wedding this morning, and it was it was good fun. I watched it with my mom. Um, I'm, I'm a big Anglophile, so I'm super into, you know, English orchestral music. Yeah. And I, I love English hymns, and I love, I love England in general. Why don't you just move there, then? Maybe one day I will. Um, but, uh, you know, at the same time, we're talking about, about sort of like traditional roles versus modern roles for women. The fact is, Meghan Markle just married into probably the most traditional family you could possibly yeah, marry yeah, yeah. into in, in the history of the world. And not, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trying to put it out there that everyone has to be like this, no. like, crazy, like, we're going to have a different oh, kind God, of relationship. No, like, if you like living in that traditional kind of way, then that's, that's you. That's, do, you do you. Do you. Right, but like, what, don't criticize other people that want to do no, it a no, different right. way. What what I do think, though, since we're talking about Meghan and Harry, I do think that um, that she has a great chance, and probably probably the best chance that anyone has ever had to change things, maybe in the monarchy. Yeah. Um, and I'm not a monarchist by any stretch of the imagination. Actually, very much the opposite. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but I mean, but is it, you know what, is it, is it fun to watch in, in the reality of my life? Of course it is. It's like, it's like watching a dance. I'm telling you, you, ha- you have to see Avengers. I have so many, I, know. Th- I have so many things to say to you about Thanos. I know. But anyway. I'll do, I promise this coming week I'm going to do it. But anyways. Um, coming I, back I, to I, women. <laughs> right. I, I, I do think that Megan has a chance as an American, as an African American, um, and and as a woman, yeah, to change things in the royal family that have never been changed before, and I, I think and she's, now's the time, yeah, and I think she's sort of already doing that, sure. right? I mean, like, you know, she her her mom was there, and you know, her mom was black, you yeah, know? and her mom was you know sitting right across from the queen. She's black and American. She's amongst so, all the other white people. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it, it was it was actually really pretty incredible to see, and you know, just also a shout out to her mom. Um, I can't can't remember her name right now. It might be Doria. Um, she, I mean, you got to remember like where these folks come from, right? Yeah. So like her family is pretty like fucking normal. Yeah. And like, you know, we, you've heard all about her dad and how he couldn't come to the wedding and blah, 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 blah. But her mom is also a, just a very normal person too. So imagine like, you know, imagine with you, like imagine you and Michael like have a child and like literally your life is basically stays the same. You know what I mean? But your child marries the Prince of England. Yeah. Like, can you even fathom that in your imagination? And then it's not just that that's happening, but also like the entire world is watching you right now. Yeah. And they're also like showing up at your house and taking photos and following you everywhere. And I'm sure MI6 in England is like discovering everything about you and vetting you Mm -hmm. and talking to you, blah, 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 blah. I can't imagine that kind of pressure. And watching her today during the wedding... 
Because then, then on top of it all, it's also your daughter getting married. Mm-hmm. Like, watching her at this wedding in Windsor, she was so composed. And, you know, you could tell she was definitely trying to, like, keep the tears in. She didn't yeah. want to, like, go overboard like an American. because well, you know there'll be, like, a million memes about right, it. Right, because, <laughs> I mean, Eng- English people don't do that, yeah. you know? But Americans, of course, do. So, I don't know. I, I, I don't want to go on too long about it. But I just thought it really was... She really was... Um, she was beautiful to watch in action. Cool. She really was. She All was right. really gorgeous. No, enough about this damn wedding. Got it. I'm sorry. Uh, no, see, it's fine. See, I'm an Anglophile. I go no, on about it. I can't help um, it. I just couldn't give two shits, but that's okay. <laughs> we all have our own things. I'm not, you know, <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, I think that maybe we should talk about maybe some of the women in our life. Yeah, sure. That's um, a great idea. We have some and, really wonderful women in our lives. And if we don't, uh, I don't know if we want to name names, maybe just titles, just to keep their... You mean in our family? Or? Uh, either or. I mean, well, I think we have some pretty strong women so, friends. So I, I think I think with friends, we, we, we can name some first names. I think that's sure. totally fine. Because okay. we, we have some super fans, right? So why don't we start with, with our, our dear friend, Casey? Yeah, I think that uh, Casey really represents uh, a very modern day take totally. on a woman. I mean, she's in her 40s. Uh, I hope that's okay that I just said that. <laughs> she's, uh, she's, you know, she's single. But she is tearing it up. You know, she has a great job. Yeah. Uh, she's been at it for a long time. She also has a side gig now where right. she's making extra money. Yeah. Owns her condo. Like, she's making it. She's making it happen. She's, she's, with she's no, absolutely amazing. And, it, and it's it's one of those things, like, she's making it happen without, you know, anyone else needing to step in from a male perspective. And without ever bragging about it. Yeah. I mean, uh, not yeah. that not that if you're doing well, you shouldn't brag. I'm just saying, like for her, it's it's like it's no big deal. This yeah. is this is like literally just like this is how I live my life, right? And you know, she's a she's a wonderful friend. She takes care of so many of us in so many ways. Oh my gosh, it's it's like having a a second or third uh, mother, if so, you will. Seriously, yeah. without, without a doubt. Yeah. Um, other great friends. We mentioned her earlier, but Beth. Oh yeah, Beth. You're and also another super fan of the show. Um, Beth is an amazing person, also very much like Casey in that she is very successful. Motherfucking very, woman! Right, and very hardworking. <laughs> Beth is absolutely goddamn hilarious. Mm-hmm. So much fun to hang out with. And um, it's funny and because... And she is smart as fuck. It's funny too. because she's relatively new to our friend group. Yeah, but, but it doesn't the way feel that, that she, way. the way that she's integrated has just been so seamless. Oh my god, yeah. Beth feels like she's been with us... The whole time, you make it sound like <laughs> she's been with us. Well, I mean, seriously, like that's—I I remember, like in, in like the first like weeks of knowing Beth, like yeah. it was like, oh my god, this is this is incredible. Yeah, and how about um, with your family? Oh, with my family, sure. Like, um, talk, talk, talk to I, me a I little just, bit about your mom. I just want to give one more shout oh, sure. out really quick because I met Beth through Emily, another super fan on the show, who's out. Um, she's out west now. We love you, girl. Just wanted to say hi, and you're also amazing and incredible, and I miss you. Oh, we have—I mean, we have so many wonderful. And there's so is everybody. Out I mean, there. I I don't want to name too many names because then we go down the road of like, we'll why did you leave? Why did you leave me out? Right, <laughs> yeah, know? right. And I will say, um, I don't know how many of the podcasts you listen to on Legion Network, mm. but you know, we have a lot of great women mm-hmm. on our podcast network that yes, I definitely tune in for because of that. And it's so important. And I think it's especially important in the horror community. I just want yeah. to point that out. Again. Oh, of course. Um, so you, you said uh, to tell you about my mom. Yeah. Okay. So my, my mom. My mom is uh, my mom's wonderful. Um, a couple things about me. I'm from a very big family. Um, I'm actually the last of nine children. So you know, I'm I'm 35. I don't, I almost have said I'm 36. Let's not make myself older. Soon. Um, I'm, Soon. I know, right? I'm 35. My oldest brother is about to be 60. So you know, from 35 to 60, we've got a lot of kids here. 
Uh, my mom is 82 now, and um, you know she, she's a widow. Um, she was only married once, right? Only married once. Um, the high school sweethearts, and uh, you know, mom, mom. And uh, feel free not to air any dirty laundry that no, you sure. don't want oh out God, there. In no, the no, world. no, 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 no. I'm, I'm just going to sing her praises. You know, mom, um, mom always took care of us, obviously. Um, but she did it in an exceptional way because we never really had much. Mm-hmm. Um, but mom and dad would have never let us know that. Right. Um, there wasn't a Christmas that we ever had that was dry. There was always not just like, you know, a bowl of macaroni and cheese on the table. There was like a whole feast on the table. And, you know, when you're feeding like eight kids, yeah. like, you know, there's a ton of food. And how mom and dad did that, I don't know. So what but was I, but, your... but I do know, you know, my dad, you know, my mom, my mom was 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 a housewife basically. She, yeah, she was a, yeah. Like, talk she, to me a little bit about homemaker. like what your uh, what um, your family makeup was like. You know what sure. I mean? Like the the roles. So, so honestly, very very traditional, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, my mom and dad were both born in, in 1936. So you know that's that's a well, that's a long time ago. Um, and you know, dad, dad was a very successful, he's no longer with us, but dad was a very successful salesman in a, in a number of different roles. Um, and he relied on mom to take care of the house and take care of the kids. Um, and I, I say that in that way, just because like, that's the way that it was back then. Um, but mom for mom, you know, it's, and this is, this is still true for so many, you know, mothers who, who, um, who stay home or, or who choose not to work or, or who don't work. I'm not mm-hmm. sure what the proper way to say that is right now, but everyone knows how I'm, I'm trying to say that respectfully. Um, you know, mom had a full-time job doing that. Yeah. That's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. And she did that for, you know, until I was an adult and out of the house. So that's like 30 years yeah. of work. Um, you don't get no retirement for that you job. You don't. <laughs> and, and she did it exceptionally well because, um, you know, it's it's from her that I learned how to be a good person. Yeah. And and that's another thing that's hard to do, especially mm-hmm. when you don't have a lot of money and when things are disappointing and you're not in the house where you want to be and you're not going on vacation ever and you're not this and you're not that and you've got a station wagon that's, you know, 15 years old, blah, 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 blah. Those are things that are very easy to get down in the world about. But, yeah. but mom, as part of her work, as part of her career, as part of her life's work, made sure that we all understood life in a different way. And that the context that we were living in was not, oh, you're poor. The context was, oh my God, isn't it wonderful that we have a family like this? Yeah. Isn't it great that we have so much? Isn't it great that your family will always be here for you? And that's what she taught us more than anything. And it's what's remained true today. Having eight siblings, I can tell you, is a challenge because <laughs> we are all very different people. But damn it, if we don't love each other, even though we also can't stand each other, yeah. we will always have each other's backs. And we could only do that because of mom. Um, one more note about mom. Mom has Parkinson's. Um, she She's not doing great with that. So if you have any spare good thoughts for her, please send, them please send those. We would very much appreciate it. I love my mom. Yeah. Tell me about your mom. So I pretty much have, like, the stark contrast to your story. <laughs> um, your mom is lovely, though. Oh, know, no, I'm not saying that. Mom. No, I'm not saying that. I, I have a wonderful mom. It's just the uh, the story that comes behind it is a little, uh, starkly sure. different. Right. Um, apart from being poor, because we grew up incredibly poor. Um, but my mom's been married four times. Wow. Um, hopefully now. And I've been reassured by her that, you know, she's sticking with this one. And yeah. that's, it's the right relationship that she's been looking for. Well, how, how long have you been married? Um, over 10 years. Oh, then she's yeah. fine. Well, the other one lasted 13. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
But um, no, uh, we grew up basically. My mom was, you know, even though she got married, it very much a majority of my childhood was spent as a, having a single mom yeah, right. who worked. Right. You know, I was very much a latchkey child. Like I let myself in and out of the house. I yeah. I was up. It, I I only have one brother. Um, and we only... He has a really good name, too. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> it's my name. He'll never listen to this. So, <laughs> um, so uh, we only had him... We split... My, my mom and uh, his dad split custody, so we only had him part of the time. Right. So I, I very much grew up as a... Almost like a, an only child. Sure. But yeah. every once in a while having a brother. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, and our relationship, I think, kind of shows that. Yeah, but, uh, I can see that. Um, and me and my mom, we were kind of like, gotta survive any way we can, you know? It was very much like, you need to be an adult. You need to be able to take care of yourself because mm. I have to work and I can't be mm. here all the time. Yeah. But I think that's where a lot of my strengths mm. and, and, my, and my quality comes from. Yeah, sure. Um, and how I've really... That resilience. Yeah, pulling yourself up from bootstraps type of mentality and like whatever knocks you down gets you back up. Sure. I, that was taught by my mom. That was taught by a female. And that was taught by a woman. Yeah. Um, and I think that's really important that we uh, acknowledge the women in our life and not just look at them as, oh, they're just the opposite gender. Oh, God. Um, no. People are people and everyone has something to contribute to this world, uh, whether that's good or bad. Yeah. Um, and I think that people need to be judged on those accomplishments right. and not necessarily on whether they have a penis or not yeah my, i completely agree with you yeah um and also your, your mom really is an incredible woman i yeah. I, I whenever she's around i, I do enjoy oh she's definitely her, um she's so much fun she's definitely finally uh settled into herself yeah i think you know my mom had she's 19 years old yeah um so she went through growing up i mean imagine imagine you're in your 20s like when we were going to college and when we were getting crazy uh having a kid and she was having a kid yeah that, so that's I, honestly, I can't imagine. So that. any any of the it's even like now. Like, yeah. I mean, like I, I think about parents now. I know. And all of the wonderful you know women in my life that that you know have recently had kids, and there's a lot of them. Um, but I think about like. I, I think about myself. I, I can barely take care of myself. I know. How on earth do you take care of I this think, little thing? I honestly think. I don't think there's like a handbook for it. I mean, I know that there are many uh, books written about, you know, raising children and everything, but it's kind of just like learn as you go because no instance is going to be the same. Yeah. Everyone is going to have something different. Um, and it's going to, they're going to have to adapt just like we do with anything. Imagine like when you moved, when you first moved to Chicago, like, did you ever think you were going to make it here? No, you just kind of did it. You just figured it out. Like, and you figured it out. Well, but I I think what's, what's interesting about, you know, and you know, we're, we're talking right now, like, yes, of course, we're, you know, Andrew and I are both gay. But, you know, we're also, like, white men. Yeah. Right? So, like, there are... I, there it's are pretty very, easy for us. Yeah, there are very <laughs> few external things about us that make it difficult to, like, you know, interact with the world. With women, it's, you know, like, I, and I really thought about this, this this past summer. And I was seeing my friend at a bar. And, you know, and I've, 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 I've also been thinking a lot about how, like, you know, sexual assault and, um, and like, non-consensual, like, touching is very, very prevalent sure. in gay culture. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you go to... I mean, who I, hasn't been groped on a dance floor? Right. And, I mean, or, you know, like, I mean, even still today, like, I mean, like, you, you know, you go to Sidetrack in Chicago, there's a thousand people in there. People are going to touch you. And, and if you... They don't care. They're not asking you if you want to be touched. You yeah. know what I mean? So, and that's, that's this very simple story. I went to go meet a friend and we were at a bar very close to here. It's, it's a, it's a gay bar. Um, and we were, we were waiting for another friend and like some other guys came over to hang out by our table 
And this guy that he was like talking to us, and he thought he was very funny. This is a male so, or female? This is this is a male. Okay. Um, and he was like telling jokes or whatever, and he like touched my leg, and like I'm a very gregarious, like outgoing person, very fun, and like sure. you know whatever, very exuberant. Um, and often people like think that I'm okay with like anything. I'm really not. Like actually, I really don't like to be touched. Yeah. Like at all, unless like you're my partner or think, like you're my dear friend. Yeah. So this guy touched my leg, and I said, "Don't touch my leg." Yeah. And I didn't wasn't mean about it. I was like, "Just don't don't touch my leg." And then like you know he like, was doing something else, and then he touched my leg again. And I had to tell him again, "Don't touch my leg." Sort of just like that. Blah 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 blah. He does it a third time, which is when I finally said, "Stop touching." my leg right now and so like that was really not that big of a deal you yeah know what i mean it, it like obviously i had a reaction still... to it i told him what to do but what it made me think about was i mean like once again i'm a white gay man like it, this stuff doesn't happen to me very often it made me think about how often this happens to women yeah non-consensual things that they don't want to have happen to their bodies, men touching them in ways that they don't want or like or need yeah. without them saying yes to it. That happens so often and it's 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 awful. Yeah. I think what we, you know, as humans, what we need to uh, register in our brains is that mm-hmm. everyone is the master of their own body yes. and to listen to other people because if somebody says to you, you know, like, let's say you're doing something very innocent. Like, you know, we're sitting here talking and I, like, touch your shoulder. Sure. If you if you say, like, oh, hey, would you mind not touching my shoulder? I'm just, like, weird about that. I should be respectful sure. and just not do that anymore. Right. You know, we do have to make sure that we are voicing what we want and don't want from people. Sure. And then, in the other case, they have to listen. They have to listen. And we have to create spaces where voicing what is good for you is a safe thing to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that, I think that's very, I think, very important. I think a lot of times when people do voice those kind of things, they, the automatic yeah. reaction is like, why are you being such a bitch? You know, I've, you know? Actually, like, I've, I've been really heartened lately because I've, you know, I'm, 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 um, I'm actually, I'm seeing this person right now. He loves to go to concerts, right? And so I've been to a few concerts with him. And we've been to a couple concerts um, in the same um, company, Lincoln Hall and Shuba's in, in Chicago. They're yeah. very popular places to go see a show, and they're really great, too. But before the show, they've had a new campaign going, and I can't remember what it's called right now, but in both of those venues, they have like video screens that are up before the show starts. Yeah. And they have this big thing up there that says something like, it's my body, or something like that. And if, and if you have a problem, you can text this number, and like we'll find you in the crowd, and we'll help you. Um, that's got to, that's that's really very prevalent in concert settings, oh, especially and, in those settings where you don't have a seat, right. where you're just all like kind of stuffed in a and room. And like, and like, how wonderful is it that like you know, women, men, everybody who's who who have had a problem at concerts before, they that, I'm sure that that must make them feel at least a little bit better. Yeah, and like they can go back to things that they really enjoy. And know that if they do have a problem again, they can tell somebody, yeah. and that somebody will do something about yeah. it. That's the other important part about this. Yeah, and I do want to talk a little bit about um, in the women's you know movement yeah. um, that's still continuing to this day. I don't think that it's ever ended, um, but basically that. Uh, women still make you know seven cents on the on the dollar you know seventy cents on the dollar excuse me um, but it, that's really important to note because 
why are we paying women less for doing the same job? And that's just not acceptable. Or, in my... or, or, or even like more on the job. Yeah. And I'm, I mean, I, I'm very fortunate that I, I work in marketing and advertising, which tends sure. to have like a very uh, 50-50 split when it comes to men and women because it is like a creative sure. thing that they kind of just hire the right people for the right jobs. Yeah. But there are still certain companies that hire people based on gender. Hey, I, I know it in my industry, which which for the moment is education. Um, I, I'll tell you, there is there are very few times that I see at the head of a university or a college a woman. A woman yeah. It's usually a man, and they are usually paid four to five times at least what women below them are being paid in VP positions. And then, you know, it dissolves. Trickles down. It trickles down from there into into faculty and staff. So, I mean, yeah, there's there's a huge problem right now with how much women are being paid. And, you know, it's not, you have to really extrapolate beyond that. It's not, it's not just about like what the paycheck is. Then it's about how much is she able to save? Well, how much is she able to like get on get on her own and, and get a house? And also, what I said, like what I said earlier, we live in a capitalist society. So shouldn't that be applied to every single thing that we do, not just like the choice things that we do? If it if your value is put on a dollar, right? Then when you say a woman makes less than a man, you're saying that her value exactly. is less. It's as simple as that, my friends. Well, Andrew, like I've said to you before, when the revolution comes... Oh, God. Um, when the revolution comes, we're going to change all of that. And so, don't worry. Don't worry. <laughs> I, I have you protected. Don't worry. I'll be the minister of something, and, and you'll be you'll be okay. Yeah. I'll take care of okay. you. Okay. Um, yeah. Listen, listen, Thanos. I, I know. I Sorry it. if that's a spoiler for anybody. But, uh, you know, you also, know it's been our, out for a month. Just so. speaking about content again, too, our, our producer, uh, Michael, just gave us um, an article from Teen Vogue, which, as ever, is right on top of everything. I love Teen Vogue. It, I, it's so good. Um, but there's a great article from April um, uh, where a reporter, uh, Vera Papasova, um, interviewed 54 women at Coachella, uh, the music festival out in California. Every one of those 54 women said that they had been sexually harassed or assaulted at Coachella, which is insane. Well, I mean, I will say within a, a breeding ground like Coachella... Or one of those kind of music festivals where everyone is pretty much either on drugs or piss ass drunk. Yeah. There's got to be sexual assault everywhere. But, you know, and I don't, I don't take that as like a, no, 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 I'm no, not no, forgiving yeah, no, the I, action. I totally understand. But it's it is one of those things where we have we have okayed certain behaviors right. in certain areas. Well, what's interesting to me is you know another quick anecdote. I went on a date with this guy last year in the winter. And we had dinner, and we were talking about... Because that was when Me Too was really starting to, to get its feet on the ground. And so we, we were talking about it casually over dinner. And he had mentioned during that conversation that he... It really made him uh, become reflective, the, the, the whole moment of it. And he was, you know, he was actually sort of... He seemed, to me, to be a little bit worried about his past. And, like, oh. you know, he, was, he said, you know, it made, really made me think, like, have I done anything when I've had a one-night stand or, you know, when I've taken somebody home or whatever. And I remember listening to him say this. And what I said back to him was, really? Do you really? Is this what you, you're honestly worried about this? And I was like, what's interesting to me about that is that I'm not. Yeah, because I'm not I, either. Because I know what kind of person I am. Right. 
And I know, I know that when somebody tells me no, if they're not comfortable with something, then I stop. And honestly, I and will tell you, I'm not a perfect person by any means. No, but no, nobody is. Yeah. But I also know that I'm not a sexual assaulter. Yeah. And I also know that I'm not a rapist. Right. And I also know that like, I would, the, the thought of doing those things. It doesn't even, even enter my vocabulary. It doesn't, it doesn't even, even like, exist in, inside of my being. I totally know and what you're so, talking about. And so honestly, like, when, he, when he said that to me, I just, I found it really I found it odd. Yeah, you know? and, definitely. And he's a guy that works in finance, and that's a very different world than what than where I come. I'm not saying all finance people are you know rapists. That's not what I'm trying to say. I'm saying it's a very different world, and I don't know. Maybe 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 I'm just saying I'm glad that I don't have to look back. And no, I like mean that. I think I it's know. important that we hold every person, not men or women, accountable for their actions, including yourself. Yeah, I mean that's the only way to make a better society. That's the only way to make better people is to hold them accountable for what they do because that's the only way that you can look back and be like, oh, I'm a good person or, oh, I'm a shitty person. And it's the only way that you can teach people. Yeah. You know, like... You have to have real life examples that they have have experienced. You know, because I have so many siblings, I also have like 80 nieces and nephews. And Mm -hmm. I think often about my nephews. I, I really do. I think about them and, you know, whether or not they've learned the lessons that they need to learn. You know, yeah. they're, they're all straight. Um, and I I absolutely hope that they have because, you know, being um, being in the same family as me, it's it's important that you are treating women with respect. Yeah. And that you're not treating them as a commodity or as a property. fun toy or property or, you know, like some, or, or like some sort of achievement. I was going to say that, like a life achievement. Either. Yeah, I know. And you know, like what, you know, what bugs me about that in general is the way that people look at relationships as achievements. It's not an achievement. You didn't achieve anything. All you did, you were in the same place at the same time. You got lucky and you looked good to each other. And yeah. that's awesome. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. Like, thank, like, thank goodness. Thank heavens that that exists because where else would we be? Sex yeah. for God's sake. It's, it's good. But, like, I, I think that we need to look at relationships in a bit of a different way. You know, like, it's not a congratulations moment. It's a, hey, you know, good for you. I'm, yeah. I'm glad you're happy right now. And, you know, and what about that makes you happy? Mm-hmm. Not what about this made you win. Yeah. It's not about winning. It's not, and it's it's not that, a necessary that, component of life. Right. And you know what? Winning makes me think about one thing. The whole Donald Trump crowd. Because they love to win. Yeah. And everything comes down to that. And and look at how that group in particular thinks about the women's movement yeah, today. Yeah, exactly. It's absolutely disgusting. I mean, it you know, I will say looking back on the election when it was all happening, when that E was it E T E Entertainment Tonight, right? Oh yeah, okay. When that yeah. surfaced. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. The, the you're talking about about the tape with um him and Ryan, Billy Bush. Not not Ryan, Billy Bush where he uh it's the um Pussy grab, grab. grab her by the pussy. Yeah. When that came out, I was like, okay, there is no way that he's going to win now. And look what happened. I know. And you know what's funny about that is Billy Bush is, who was just basically laughing along with a celebrity that he was interviewing because he didn't probably want to make that person uncomfortable, sure. was just... He's persona he's done. grata. He is donezo. He is sitting in his house. He had he had a uh, I think it's today. I think he was on Today Show. Sure, yeah. um, he had a huge deal there. He had a career going. And guess it's what? Fluffed. We took that away real quick. Sure did. And then we elected the other person to be our president. What the fuck? And and you know the the other part of that too. Let's talk about it. That person didn't just win the presidency without the majority of white women voting for him. And so, you know, while we're talking about the whole women's movement right now, there is also a severe problem 
with white people in general. Well, and I also think like, and I I, I want to talk with I want to talk this through uh, very carefully because I don't want to I don't want to bring anything on anybody. No, yeah, but I'm there's, sure you'll be fine. But there is a, a war that women wage on women. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's 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 crazy. Well, we're going to talk about that in the handbook oh, yeah. later on for sure because it's it's it's. I mean, it's. I think that was in ninety two, right? Yeah, I think 92. so. I have to bring up um, the IMDb. And it's you know sixteen. Wait, sixteen years later. Wait, am I right? Way longer than that. Twenty six years. Yeah. Later. 20, <laughs> oh my god! It was twenty six years later. Twenty six years later. Um, that movie, uh, truly, if you haven't watched Hand the Rocks and Cradle recently, you gotta because it is about today and, and, and there are some big problems with it yeah. don't get me wrong but well, we'll talk about it yeah, we'll talk I, about I think that. actually we should probably wrap this up yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think this was this was a this was a good chat about yeah. this and I, you know I said I, I alluded to this earlier but I do think this is really important um, for our friends in the horror community to really pay attention to I yeah. think there's a there's an awful lot of sexism in the, in the horror community oh my god yeah um, it's rampant in films alone so like I mean it's something that's sort of like, like been bred in young men and I think that this is a really important topic for us to talk about and I hope that all of you out there will keep talking about yeah. it because I, I will tell you some of the most intelligent some of the most intelligent um, talks I've heard about horror and about movies and have, come have really from, come from women amen I'm, I'm, I'm looking at I'm looking at you. Uh, let's see here. Uh, I don't want to name names. Uh, do sure. I want to name names? Well, uh, yeah, if, if there's somebody I mean, you want to name, I'm sure they'll appreciate it. You know, it. Jamie, Jamie's uh, fantastic. Suzanne, yeah. uh, Iris, uh, Vanessa, who we're going to be on fantastic. next Saturday. So much fun. Um, so yeah, I just want to kind of shout out to those. I agree with because you. it's kind of a trailblazing moment for them to really yep. go into a very male dominated area right. and make it their own right. and really do it right. So and that's a good thing. Yeah. So to all of the women in our lives, um, to all of the women a- across the world that that keep this world moving in a better direction, thank you very much. Thank you for all that you do. Yeah. And thank you to all of you for being with us again on episode five. We're going to take a little break here. We're going to come back to you. I think we're going to be doing a What You Been Watching, bitch. Oh, it sounds good to me. See you soon. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. All right, and we're back. Maddie, I know this is one of your favorite segments. I love this segment. We're watch- we're talking what you watching, bitch? What you watching, bitch? Um, do you want to go first or would you like me to? Um, why don't you go first? Okay. Well, uh, first I want to talk about uh, Santa Clarita Diet. Mm. Um, I am so far behind on this. So... Damn, I'll tell you, when we first started... Is it a new season right now? Second season. Okay. Uh, When we first started the first season of Santa Clarita Clarita Diet... On Netflix, On Netflix. Starring Drew Barrymore and Timothy Oliphant. um, I was not a big fan of, like, the first couple episodes. It just... The comedy was not hitting for me. Drew Barrymore was very annoying to me. Um, But we kept going because I was like, you know what? This is right in my wheelhouse. It's cannibalism. It's funny. It's on Netflix. It's, you know, quote unquote free for me to watch. Um, so we got through the whole thing. And by the time it ended on the first season, we were like, okay, I really liked that. Yeah. It, it found its rhythm. Um, and the second season, I got to tell you, mm-hmm. is so good. Oh, good. It is so funny. And it is so gruesome. <laughs> Um, some in the first episode, she pretty much obliterates a guy, and his the whole kitchen is like bloody. Oh my god! Um, but it is just honestly like so. It's hit a stride where on the last episode, I'm not even kidding you. I was literally LOLing. 
Like, oh my God. I was literally laughing out loud. You know, I need to get back into it because I, I, I was trying to watch it before and I just couldn't get into it. It's and I hard remember, at first, I remember you yeah. saying, like, you got to give it some time and that, that does make total sense to me. And I didn't give it the time that it, that it really deserved. Yeah. So I will go back to it and I, I will watch it. So that, sure. that's my first one. I have two more. Okay, please. Do you want me to keep going or do you want to... Oh, yeah, well, I'll, I'll go. Sure. So um, on HBO right now, I'm back into watching uh, Westworld, which Oh, just, yeah, we're it's, watching that too. Uh, it's, I think it's four episodes in right now, into the new season. Um, and I'm enjoying it right now. I, I think I'm enjoying it... Um, I'm enjoying it a lot in the way that I enjoyed the first season. And what yeah. I mean by that is the first season I thought was very interesting. And I watched it... Um, and I watched it mostly while I was doing other things. Sure. So I was like on my laptop, I was doing this, I was doing that. And it was just kind of on in the background and I thought it was interesting and I caught most of it and I was I was okay with that. Um, and you know, around like the, like the penultimate episode, I was kind of like, all right, this is, we got to get to where we're going here, please. That's my big problem. But then the final episode of the first season was incredible yeah. and I loved it and I, and I really felt like, you know what? It was worth it to get to that. Yeah. That's, I think and that's so like... It's, I, I'm thinking that that might also be the same thing with this season right now, too. I'm not, like, super compelled. That's my whole thing is, like, I, I, I really do like the show. I think it's shot really well. I think yeah. all the acting is really good. Um, I The only thing that, like, bugs me about, like, how... Um, and I kind of call this, like, the lost factor. Oh, God, like, yes. They just... They're building up to something that they probably can never deliver on right. fully. And I want like to and I want to keep going. I'll keep watching, yeah. but like stop teasing me right. and just show me something. No, I totally agree with you. So, that's so. my only that's my only thing. Yeah. I think it should win Emmys up the wazoo. Sure. I think it's a greatly done show. I just wish they would fucking get to and, it. And I do think that Ed Harris's character is is pretty incredible. Like yeah. when you really like think about like the journey of his character and what he has to say, like there are some really some really valuable lessons in it's here good. about humanity. I just humanity. to go faster. I totally agree with you. So that, that's what I'm watching yeah. right now. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, my second one, um, I think I'll go into a movie because my last one's on sure. Netflix. Yeah. Um, so last weekend, we sat down and watched Tremors. Oh my a God. cold day in hell. Oh my God. <laughs> um, it's the sixth in the Tremors universe. Don't worry. They're still, they're still in the ground, folks. Yeah. They're still here. No, no, no. No, they're not. What they're in they? the air now, too. And How guess, are they in the air? And guess what they call those tremors? What? Ass blasters. No, they do not. <laughs> yes. Not and they, did they do this with a straight face the whole yeah. time? Oh, yeah. They've been calling them ass blasters since part three. Wow. So I... I okay, so let you me... You know, I gotta tell you, I never saw part three, so I <laughs> well, don't... <laughs> a little history on me. Uh, the Tremors, the original, the first one with Kevin Bacon. Oh, Tremors 1 was awesome. I've seen like, probably on. 500 times. Oh, my God. I, I, I just love Because you love movie. Kevin Bacon? No, I just or... love that movie. Okay. Did you have a crush on Kevin Bacon? No, I actually kind of had a crush on the other guy. Well, who was the other guy? I don't the remember. older guy. Oh my god! Of course you did. <laughs> Jesus. Um, but uh, I still have a mini crush on Kevin Bacon. He's always going to be cute. Come and on. then I saw part two and three, and then just recently, probably about a year ago, I bought a Blu-ray collection of the first four. So oh, that's I finally fun. saw the fourth one, which is a prequel, oddly okay. enough. Um, and then part five came out on Netflix last year, oh, and then part six came out. Let me tell you, there's. I'm just gonna I'm gonna highlight one scene for you. Please. So the opening scene in Tremors Six. In Tremors Six, a cold day in hell. 
<laughs> is there is a, a wait 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 one question though yeah is it actually cold in the movie now so, or are me, they still no, in the no, desert no 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 let me tell <laughs> no this goes into my story just listen okay so the opening sequence of tremors six a cold day in hell is a research team on a glacier in canada well, aptly named then. Yeah. And so they're doing like researchy type things. But I'm watching this and all of a sudden I'm like, wait a minute. That's sand, not snow. Oh, come on. And they all they did was they filmed it in a desert and put a white filter over it, put in fake snow and little like sounds. So they're still in like Arizona or wherever the hell yes. they were. It is so Oh my Odd. God, that is. Um, and then the, they they go into this whole thing where um, they call Michael Gross's character. He, he's been the only one that's been in every single one. God bless him. Um, he was originally paired up with Reba in the original. Oh my gosh. Um, and he's quote unquote like the gun guy, you know. Um, but now Jamie Kennedy is in these. <laughs> and it's his son. Um <laughs> And they're called to Canada, and when they get to Canada, their their plane breaks down. They basically do an emergency landing, and everyone's like, "Well, there's no snow." And to explain away why there's no snow, because they filmed this in South Africa, climate change. The, they were, yeah, they were blamed. Oh the come climate on, change. Oh, like yeah, that's that fake news. Yeah, <laughs> fake news. So that's what I watched was Tremors Six: A Cold oh, Day in Hell. Okay. And you know what? I got to tell you. If you like the Tremors series and where it's gone so far, you'll find enjoyment in this movie. You know what? It sounds it sounds like a fun movie. Yeah. It's it's one that you sit with your friends, have a couple drinks, watch the movie, and make fun right. of it. But it's... And I will tell you, it's got to be like no budget at this point, And they're still doing like car explosions and real stunts. It, you know, and... it's, it sounds like the kind of film our, our friend Paul out there, a fellow podcaster, it sounds like the uh, kind of film you might want to hit that, yeah. that alien bong you got. Because <laughs> I think that this is a... Uh... I think it might make it a little bit this even more enjoyable. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what I was watching. Um, another a movie that I just recently saw, um, I just saw, it's not in the horror genre at all. Um, it's the RBG documentary about Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really good. Of course you can um, see that. Yeah, I, I think that you can, uh, I don't think you need to go to a theater to watch it. I think that you can, you, you can wait for it to come to Netflix, which I'm sure it's going to very soon, or, or another streaming thing just like it. Um, it was good though, you know. I mean, we all know about about her. At least I hope that you do. Um, she's an incredible woman. Has had an incredible life, um, and it's it is sort of another like rags to riches story sort yeah. of thing, which is incredible. Not, not to riches, but you 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 know what I mean. You, you, know, you know what I'm trying to say. Um, what's really incredible in the movie too is uh, it tells in, in detail about the um, the the relationship between her and her husband. And her husband died um, uh, a few years back. Can't remember exactly when, but. Really incredible storytelling there, and stuff that I did not know ever about that. Yeah. Um, so if if anything, honestly, watch it for that. Yeah. Um, but also watch it to see, you know, what sort of a jurist we have on on the Supreme Court. And honestly, like, I mean, you know, girls old. She's so, I mean, living on. She, she's living on. You know, bar, on, on borrowed time. And you know, like in the movie, she like she works out like every day. She's got a personal trainer, and you know, she's still like funny as hell and witty. Um, but you know the reality is, you know, humans don't last long. Yeah. So this this person that we have is is gonna go away sooner than later, right? So learn about her now. Learn about her now, and cross your damn fingers that she lasts because she is in it to win it. She she basically says that that she lasts until we get rid of you know the, our, our our Cheeto King um, <laughs> because uh, it's it's incredibly important that we keep her or someone like her. On yeah. the bench because uh, uh, 
a world, an America without her on the bench is going to be real horror. And that's like, and I will challenge all of these people that are trying to be very progressive. I'm talking about the Elizabeth Warrens. I'm talking about the Bernies. I'm talking about even like the Hillarys. They need to stop trying to push themselves and really get behind some of these younger people because. You ain't getting get, any younger. Get the younger folks out there. Yeah, exactly. you know, and I think there are a number of organizations that are working now to try to to, to try to help change that. Yeah, and um, I just there's there's so much about like trying to push your own agenda. I know. Um, without really embracing kind of a, a protege. If well, you if you if you can guarantee one thing in the world is that politicians will always be politicians. Yeah. And politicians will always feed off the public trough because that's what they do. Yeah. And they will. Try to keep their job anyway, as long as they can. A little off topic. Off topic. There we go. Um, so my final thing, if you will let yeah, me. Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Um, is I got to put out there Lost in Space. Oh, I still haven't watched. That reminds me I haven't watched it yet. Damn Lost it. in Space. It's the new Netflix version. Um, Parker Posey is Dr. Smith. Oh, my God. And she is manipulative and sweet and conniving. Love and Parker awful. Posey. She's so good. <laughs> She's, it, it is honestly like um, from the first episode I was like. I was captured. I'm like, That's you got me. Fantastic. Keep going. It's 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 really good. Okay, good. I'm 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 putting that on my list because that has to happen. You I got th- any more? I think that's it for All right. right now. Alright, I think that will do it. When we come back, we'll be talking about two movies, both with strong female characters. Oh yeah. Um <laughs> single white female and the hand that rocks the cradle. So get ready for that shit. Get ready for some mid nineties hair. Hey, are you Allison Jones? I'm Andrew Carlson. Andrew, that's unusual. Thinking you would fit. It's kind of fun having a girlfriend again. Where the hell have you been? Making me feel like I'm 16 years old here. Folks, uh, we're on to horror in media, and we're talking about single white female. SWF. Um, this is a movie from the 90s. Uh, I, I can't 1992. imagine. 92. I can't imagine that most of you out there listening right now have not seen this movie. If you haven't, you obviously should, like every movie that we talk about. Um, it's a, it's, you know, it's a, it's a great film. Um, it's also very 90s. No, I gotta tell you. Sure? I, I petitioned for these two movies for a long time. You did, yeah. Um, this fits right into the sweet spot of when I was getting into horror. 
So it was that late yeah, sure. late eighties, early nineties. Well, how old were you in ninety two? Ninety two, I would have been. I got born in eighty four, so I was have been eight years old. Yeah, and I, I was ten years old. Yeah. So like, I mean, yeah, that's 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 the time for like. And this was the kind of movie. Single white female was the kind of movie that my mom. That's like right. Whoa! Right in her wheelhouse. Lifetime type movie. It's totally. easy to get into. It's yeah. a it's a story that's very relatable. And, like, and I and I had so many sisters, so they were all into it yeah. right then. Too. Not I super, very clear not remember. super gory. Yeah, but okay. So single white female story. Basic of, synopsis. Yeah, story of a woman that basically in the first fifteen minutes of the movie you find out that her. Uh, partner i guess uh, her boyfriend um who she, i don't think she's engaged to at the she's time she's not but, engaged to him yet yeah um they find out that they he's sleeping with his ex-wife so they break up she's in her house by herself she has a, a gay best friend upstairs who she visits but she finally gets graham yeah graham. Of, course, of course his name is graham um she gets to a point in her uh, loneliness where she's like you know i just want someone around yeah. I, i'm tired of living in this house this perfectly rent controlled environment um, so what does she do um she's basically come up with a new technology at the time that can show different outfits on your body basically so think of anything that you would do (coughs) now on the internet this is kind of the beginning of all that which honestly also watching it in the film is so funny because it is so so dated old to look at how technology looked back then look 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 at how like interfaces were it's it's hilarious um, so she basically says, like, I don't want to be alone anymore. So she enlists, you know, kind of the uh, single white female. She puts an ad in the paper. Uh, and she says, I want, you Craigslist know. Craigslist wasn't there then. Yeah, I want someone to come home to and just like a friend. I want a friend. You know, I'm new to New York City. I don't want to be alone. Um, so she, then we go through like the typical montage of like different people coming and seeing the apartment. So we have like the, the lesbian biker, right. and, like the pretty girl that's not really that impressed and like all these different people. And um, she thinks she's like found someone. And then like at the last minute, Jennifer Jason Lee comes in her character. Um, and I, I don't know, how would you describe her character? She's kind of like a little bit shy, kind of like that nerdy girl. Well, I, I think at first. Yeah, I, I think, um, I mean, at, at first, I think you think that she's very wholesome and like could be really cool, right? Yeah. But you you learn pretty quickly that um, that that's not the case. And you're, and you're talking about Bridget Fonda's character. Um, well, Bridget Fonda is the main girl. Oh, that's right, right, right. And sorry, Jennifer sorry. Jason Lee is the... Uh, da, 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 da. Sorry, she's Hetty. Yes. Jennifer Jason Lee is Hetty, and, and Bridget Fonda is, uh, Alice. is Allison. Al- Allie. 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 Um, so Allie and Hetty. So they kind of strike up a quick friendship. Um, there's a couple weird moments where um, this movie plays a lot like a softcore porn. I th- and I think it does it on purpose. Like, there's definitely a lot of butts and a lot of boobs, and yeah. they're definitely touching them. And I think the other thing <laughs> is that you know, remember that this was—it's not written by a woman. This yeah. is written by a man. Yeah. Um, I think the screenplay is too. I'm pretty sure. I know that the the author of the novel is is John Lutz. I can't remember who did the screenplay, but obviously based off of yeah. the novel by the man. Um, so it is very. It's. I mean, it's also in the '90s, so yeah, it's it's very softcore porn, complete yeah. with Enigma music. I know. We'll talk. About we'll talk that about that later. That. Sorry. Um, rounding out the cast, we really have Stephen Weber, uh, who plays her boyfriend slash fiance later on. Um, Peter Friedman as Graham, her gay best friend upstairs, mm-hmm. and um, Stephen Tobolowski. 
uh, as Mitch. Yeah, who's, who's, who's a character actor that you've seen in so oh, many yeah. films. Oh, yeah, you see him, you know him. Right. And even back in 1992, he looked exactly the same. Right. Like, except just, like, bigger hair. <laughs> and, you know, what's interesting, too, I'm, I'm thinking now, too, about uh, what we're going to talk about, uh, The Hand of Cradle, later, but... I'm just thinking that Stephen Weber was also in uh, the TV miniseries of, of uh, The Shining. Yeah. And in The Hand That Rocks the Cradle, uh, uh, what's her name? Rebecca De Mornay was also in that, in that mm-hmm. production. It's just a funny little thing I remember. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Um, off track. But so basically we followed them for a while as like being friends, making, building a relationship with each sure. other. Sure. Um, Two girls in New York yeah. having fun. Like she buys her a dog. Yeah. Um, yeah. And... Then it kind of, con- like, I would say probably... It starts to get creepy. Um, Yeah, it becomes an obsession is basically yes. what happens. Um, And we'll talk about my my biggest... Don't let me forget about this because okay. I have a big problem... Writing with, it down. ...with both of these movies and how they begin. Okay, yeah. We'll no, come back I, to I, it I when that, we're done. That, that makes sense. I think the, the beginning of Single White Female for me is is definitely... I think it's it's. I mean, also we have to look at the context of the time that it was made. Yeah. So like, I mean, it, it when you even like the way that like they did like like the the titling and the credits and everything, it it feels like a '90s album almost. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, um, it it looks like it looks like a Cocteau Twins album in a lot of way to me. Um, the, I think the beginning of the film is very '90s artsy. Yeah, and I, I, I'm sure back then people were like, "Oh, that's just like so cool." Yeah. But now we watch it and we're like, "No, yeah, I, I, I don't." Well, let's I think come back to it. Yeah, we'll come back. But yeah. um, so anyway, then um, Bridget Fonda's character basically gets back together with Stephen Weber's character, uh, and they are like, "Well, what are we going to do about the roommate now?" Mm-hmm. And so she basically asks her to try to find a new place. Um, Jennifer Jason Lee does not want to have it. Nope, not at all. Um, she basically, in a series of events, um, kills her dog by throwing it off a balcony. Yep, and blaming it. And uh, blaming and it on... Like, oh, well, I thought that you did the work of the the, 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 the railing. Yeah. Like, you did the work on the railing. I thought it was okay. Oh, but wait, I'm the one who stopped you. I shouldn't have stopped you from doing the work. I could have made you confused. And in what? both these movies, we're dealing with a lot of manipulation. Totally. Um, I think much more in The Hand That Rocks the Cradle. Oh, but, big time. Uh, in Single White Female, she's basically trying to make it so that she's number one. Yeah. In her, in uh, Jennifer Jason, Jennifer Jason Lee's eyes, she wants to be number one with yeah. Bridget Fonda, um, and then she takes her and she gets the exact same haircut, the exact same style, the exact same color, wears, buys the exact same clothing, yeah. so she can basically be a twin with Bridget Fonda. It's it's definitely it's 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 creepy. Um and it's it's also a little terrifying when they go to get the haircut and when she um, walks down the stairs. Oh my god, when Hetty walks down the stairs and and Allie turns around to see it and she and Allie I think she even says something like you've got to be kidding me. Yeah. And she comes down the stairs happy as a clam that she looks so good the way she wants to look yeah. which is just like I think there's Allie. a I think there's a line in it where she's like I love looking like this or I love living like this I <laughs> love being like this yeah. I think she says in the mirror and it's just it's terrifying um, and then to basically drive uh, Stephen Weber out of the picture she goes to his uh, hotel apartment hotel apartment yeah, yeah. Uh, because they're the like Atherton they're hotel. in transition yeah. like lo- waiting for her to move out so he's at a hotel. Um, she goes and she sneaks because everyone can afford that I'll stay in a hotel for a while Um, she sneaks in and basically 
makes it so that he can't tell that it's her because yep. she has the brand new hair, the brand new outfit. Looks the brand just new like her now. Um, and basically gives him a blowjob. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, he mm-hmm. like he knows at the last minute, but he's already like it's already happening. Which is pretty much like the fastest blowjob I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, but but <laughs> blowjobs take longer than that. I mean, I guess like I don't know. You're near the end anyway. Are you gonna stop? I would. I mean, I guess he. I guess he have to. I mean, I'm just thinking about the movies. Yeah. But anyway, so that's supposed to be a moment where she's like, "Well, now that I, now that you did that to me, I can you know get get in the way, and I'll tell her." And then he's basically like. Who do you think she's going to believe? Exactly. Uh, it's going to be me. So she, that motherfucker, she takes a big old stiletto heel and slams it right in his eye socket. Basically killing him. Yeah. And it's, it's so, it's such a 90s way. It's like. A stiletto heel. Yeah. It's, it's. It's so unbelievable. And there's another moment in the other movie that yeah. it's so unbelievable that oh, someone would die from this. Yes. Um, but <laughs> it's so he's dead. Right. Um, and then uh, she basically goes back. Chaos ensues. There's a, you know, uh, she takes out the upstairs neighbor. And then Allie learns more about what's actually going on. Right. You know, Which she... is basically that Jennifer Jason Lee, as a child, had a twin sister that she lost tragically in a car accident right. and blames no, her she drowned. Son. She drowned. Drowned? She drowned, oh, okay. at, she drowned at a family picnic. Oh, that's right. Because yeah. <laughs> like, that's exactly what the newspaper thing says. Literally, I have that image in my head yeah. right now. Drowned in family picnic. Um, and so we learn that that's kind of in her, that she wants that relationship again. Sure. She wants, she's strived her whole life for that relationship again. Um, and then uh, she basically tapes her up and she's like, we're going to go together to LA and start over a new life. And she's, with the power of the 90s internet, call our emails for help or... No, no. I'm Yeah, she does. She emails like for help. It's like a chat. It's, yeah. it's, it was weird. But in the it's, meantime... It's very old school. Oh, we totally gloss over a very big moment in the movie. Tell me. So... With the boss. Yeah. So she's basically pitching... Or the client, I She's say, pitching client. to this client her new technology for his fashion firm where, you know, you and can... Which, let me tell you what. I forget what this actor's name is, but... I'll tell you who's not going to run a fashion firm. Him. This motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's that, that, I will definitely say that. Like, he's, he's definitely creepy and slimy, which we're going to talk about in just a second. But, like, do I believe that he's running a fashion firm in New York? Girl, no. He's got, like, an bye employee. Bye. He's got, like, one employee. Yeah, bye. Um, but bye. But basically, uh, after a very successful night uh, where they pitched A big event yeah. and, like, champagne and this and that and that, you know, whatever. He's basically tells her, like, hey, show me what you've been working on. I want to see it. Oh, and she finally uh, she finally like, shows it to him, but not before he comes up behind her and basically does, like, the... Uh, the, and sexually assaults her. Yeah. Well, he starts it with like the back rub, like how it always starts. Oh, you're, so, like, you're so tense. Yeah. I think he, I think he literally says that. Oh, you're so tense. And he literally just like slides his hand down her shirt and like grabs her boob. But I will say more power to her. She's like, "What are you doing?" And, and then and then she also says, "Let me turn around." Because I mean, you know what she's gonna do, right? And she just like nails him in the balls. Yeah. <laughs> well, because then you know she turns around, and he unzips his pants and drops it. And and I think he even says like just suck it or something, something like that. Yeah. And she just whaps him right in the crotch. And then runs out. And then of course, like, you know, classic nineties, like over the top. He's like, Oh God. Blah, 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 blah. Getting hit in the balls, by the way, everybody, it's really not that bad. It sucks. But like you're not like incapacitated. It Anyways. hurts pretty bad. It hurts pretty bad. 
Maybe my balls are made of something. I guess different. I, I don't know because I'll feel that sting in my stomach for like hours. Do you really? It's that yeah. bad for you? I yeah. th- well, we're 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 off. You know what? I'm really tangent. tangent. I am really good at going off yeah. track. Everybody, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm going to stay on track for the rest of this segment. Andrew, keep talking. Okay, so I love oranges. Coming off of that, she and has, bananas. She has set up a um, what would you call it? Like a like where if something doesn't go right. A failsafe? Yeah, like a failsafe within yeah. the... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Within yes. the... Within uh, her system. ...system, yeah. that if she doesn't get paid by him, it will start to erase all of his stuff right. on his on his computer. Which is very smart. Yeah. So that's basically, while Jennifer Jason Lee has her tied up, that's what's happening on his yeah. end, is that he did not pay her because obvious, for obvious reasons, and it shows... Because he's a dick. Yeah. And so all of his information basically gets erased, and it says, like, if you don't contact me within 24 hours with payment... This will be gone forever. I can I can bring it back, but you got to contact me. Um, and so he goes to find her, and this is when she's like taped up and tied up. Yeah. And it's at the same time that Jennifer Jason Lee is bringing up a suitcase, which we can only imagine she's going to put a body into. Um, and they have a they have a standoff, um, and she basically kills him. Yeah, with a pillow over his head and a gun and to a silence gun. it. Yeah. Um, it's 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 a crazy scene. Um, and then. What ensues is what I gotta say, oh a pretty God. awesome and epic girl fight. Yeah. Because they go at it hard. There's so many head slams oh, in totally. this movie. I do not know how these people and are. And Graham also, like, the gay guy is there to help, by the way, don't forget. And then um So when they do that, it basically is like he kind of comes up and like saves the day for a oh, second. Of um, because we always do that. All of our girlfriends out there, we will always be there to save you. <laughs> always. And they get in the elevator, go back, they go down to the basement, and basically it ends with the classic kind of hiding and then surprising her at the last minute and stabbing her and oh, girl. killing her. And she comes down, she flips down from that ceiling it's pretty with awesome. a screwdriver yeah. and she whoosh, like gets it right in her back. The one that And then old girl has such core strength. She flips herself right damn back up. <laughs> damn Jim. And I'm sitting here thinking, like, I like I can't even like do like two push-ups in a row. An old girl is swinging down with a screwdriver. And, I think and it's getting so, her. I find it so funny the the moment where they I was ready for it. Where they are uh, talking about the building, like she's showing her like the laundry. Oh my and god! Yes. And, she, and they get in the elevator, and they're like, "Oh, sometimes this gets stuck." And there's like a screwdriver hanging from like a chain, and they're like, "You just gotta use Ding the done. screwdriver." Foreshadow, <laughs> foreshadowing. I just thought this it was funny that it was like. Oh, instead of actually, it's typical like New York or Chicago apartment building. Instead of actually fixing something, they just install something that you can like jigger it. Oh, you know what? Yeah, yeah, just uh, just shove a screwdriver in it. It'll work fine. Not a problem. (laughs) And our producer, uh, Michael, just told us that uh, actually for this movie, both Bridget and Jennifer took self-defense classes to learn more about it. And that's and you and you, honestly, you can tell the fighting is very authentic. Mm-hmm. It, it looks good. I mean, there are. De- I mean, you know, take everything with a grain of salt, right? I mean, the movie is how old now? Twenty six years old. So I mean, like, there are some things where you're like, oh, come on, that's that's no. Um, but back then, I think it was probably very believable. Yeah, and I think I, I think I think it's good. No. Um, and, you know, I, I think too, like you know, we're we're people that live in a very urban setting. And, you know, I know when I moved here, I, I was lucky enough to have, you know, I moved here with a friend and then I moved in, you know, with other friends. So, like, mm-hmm. I was very lucky to not have to, like, find a stranger to have to live with. Right. right? Um, but 
for a lot of us, even still today, the, 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 the Craigslist method of finding a roommate, you know, for people who don't, you know, I'm blessed to have tons of friends. I mean, that's what I almost had to do. A lot of people don't, though. When and I first... It, I'm not saying that you don't have friends. I'm no, just no, saying, no. like, a lot of people don't have friends in a specific city, and you have to find no, somebody. No, when I, when I moved here, I basically knew one person. See? And I lived on that... Did you want to live with them? No. I basically lived that with them on their on a mattress on the floor for the first month that I lived here. But that was fun. Yeah, and while I looked for a place, they were gracious enough right, to let sure, of to like let me live with them. Absolutely. Um, but I, when I <clears> looked <throat> for apartments in Chicago for the first time, I basically had two options, and it came down to choosing between these two options. I could have gone blindly in with a lesbian and another gay guy in a townhouse in Boys Town. Wow. Or <laughs> that would have been a lot. Man. Or go live by myself down in Lincoln Park at Diversity and Clark in a very small studio apartment. Which one did you do? I'll tell you in a second. Okay. Um, in this apartment, I couldn't even open the oven all the way because it hit the other wall. Oh, you're kidding. Like is that's is very small. You weren't baking any cakes then. No. Cockroaches, definitely. Oh god. Um but it was only what six hundred and something odd dollars a month. So how much was, how much was the other one? Um, it was around the, the same townhouse. because you okay. because you had, were splitting three it between people, three people. Right. So um, what did you choose? I chose to live by myself. I wanted to have an authentic me moment. It was a very big moment for me moving here from Grand Rapids. Wow! Um, and I kind of wanted to do that on my own. I didn't want anyone else to shape. Girl, my if experience. you had been a Boys Town gay from the start, I know. Wow, this could be a very different story right now. I know. Um, but but I mean, but there is that there is that like, I mean, I haven't experienced it, thank God. But like, there's. Uh, a fear, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, who is you don't know this person? Who, you don't know and, people, <laughs> and, you know, and that's just the thing too. It's not just about like roommates or you know whatever. It's 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 about relationships. It's about business. It's about this. It's about that. You know, what I mean, like think back to your exes that you have. Or, right. You know, I, I, I'm thinking about a specific ex right now that I had no idea this person was who they actually were, and so like. I, I think what this movie does really well, beyond like the whole like you know women aspect that we're talking about today, is um, it really does play upon those fears that mm-hmm. everyone has. That you know you don't really know who somebody is, and and uh, everyone can put on a face. Everyone can put that mask on, and you know what? Sometimes you'll be fooled more than you possibly think. Yeah, and you think you can't be fooled? Trust me, you can be fooled mm-hmm. in big ways. All right, should we rate this one? Sure. So, wait, how many stripes are in the rainbow again? Seven? Seven. Okay. Um, single I'm, white female. Single white female for me. Uh, oh boy, I was really harsh the last time I remember. I think I was actually too harsh. On the movie? Yeah, on um, on uh, A Quiet Place. I was way oh. too harsh on that. I shouldn't have been that harsh. But I'm going to stick by it. Whatever. I'm not going to rescind it. Reclaim your... What is it? Reclaim your time. Recla- reclaiming my time. <laughs> reclaiming my stripes. Yeah. I'm reclaiming my stripes. Um, so... I will give single white female, um, I'm going to give it five stripes. Five stripes of the rainbow for single yeah. white female. I think I think it's a really fun, I think it's a fun horror movie, you know, for thinking about it. It's like horror way. slash thriller. Yeah. yeah and, and I think that, um, I think it's also a really good flick. And I think if you live in an urban setting, I think it'll scare you even more probably. All right. So if we're saying 3.5 is the middle, the middle ground. Yeah. Because that, you know, 3.5, 3.57. Um... I'm going to give Single White Female a 4.5. Oh, 
Okay. I really enjoy them. I think it's solid. I think I, I really enjoy this movie. I, I, I probably watch this every about five years. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? It's like, it's a comfort level to come back to. Um, but, you know, it's got its aging. and uh, It's definitely aged. Yeah. For sure. Like, that's without a doubt. And I, I really fucking hate Steven Weber. Oh, I just, Steven Weber is... I never have liked him. I mean, I've liked him in some things. Not me. But See, not like, everything. Even when he was on Wings, I preferred the other brother. I love like... Wings. Oh my god, I love that show so much. Uh, is that streaming anywhere right now? I don't know. Oh, I got, should I'll find tell you that. what, I got to watch that show right away. Oh, but one thing we did not talk about, though, really quick, before we end this segment on Single White Female, is when she goes to the BDSM club. Oh my gosh, Let's, yes. We, we have to talk about this. Okay. Because so, it is so 90s. Yeah. This it's is so 90s, it's perfect. This is So this happens right after the makeover. Yes. So right. Jennifer Jason Lee is feeling <laughs> herself. Like, she is like, I am going to go. She's feeling her alley. Yeah. Like, she's into it. So she basically sneaks away to go out to a bar. Dressed as alley. Yeah. But Allie is... (laughs) Allie follows her, but it is the worst tale I've ever seen. She's, like, basically... She gets in a cab literally immediately after. And she's basically walking down the stairs at the same time as she's walking up to the stairs from the opposite direction, where you would clearly be able to see who was there. And you remember remember when she tells the taxi driver, she's like, make sure you follow her. She has something of mine. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, my God. Uh, So when they get to the BDSM club, though... She's walking down the stairs, and girl, sure as shit, you know Enigma pops on. <laughs> and it is like, there is like, there's like four monks behind you, like, yeah. chanting some shit, and someone's playing a synthesizer. And it, it honestly, it reminded me of how much I miss Enigma, kind yeah, of. I was gonna yeah, say, I definitely, so <laughs> I definitely had an Enigma slash Ace of Base moment <laughs> and in this time period. So, <laughs> I can totally, you know what, listen, road. we've all had our Enigma moments, and we've all had our Enya moments, yeah. and we all know it. And don't, you know dr- what? don't deny it. Sometimes, even people have, have sung Enya at, at karaoke. We're not gonna name names, but sometimes that, that happens. Our producer also just let us know about the BDSM club, and it actually was a former Manhattan S and M club called the Vaults, Ooh. and is also known as the uh, the Hellfire Club in uh, in in the Meepod district in, in Greenwich. Uh, the, the interior is a set, but the red signature V, which you see a few times on the walls, um, is is what was really there. Um, and the entrance used was from the gay club. Uh, on the side called the manhole. Oh God! And we have know, one of those here. And hey, just a Chicago connection. Chicago used to have a manhole. Um, have you ever noticed? I, it's I've, not here anymore. It's now. It's now where hydrated. I've noticed. I've noticed home. a trend within the naming of gay bars. It's got more sexual. No, it has to be like one word, like yeah. sensations. Or sidetrack. Oh, totally. Or yeah. like the one that I used to go to, diversion. Oh God, what was mine? Uh, what was mine? I can't think of the one. Uh, I can't think of it and right what, now. What was the it one used to be called a... like Excalibur or something? Exactly, but, you but know the, what I mean? the one the one down in Louisville was called Connections. Connections. Remember? It has yeah. to be something you can say like very soldier. Also, <laughs> anybody out there, raise your hand if you ever went to Connections because Connections was. I mean, looking back on it, for while we're talking about horror, Connections was actually pretty fucking scary when I look, yeah. I look back on it. Like Connections it was, a maze. was a maze, and there were mirrors literally. Everywhere, In a shower room. It was a shower room, and then like suddenly, like do you remember, like you like walk into like that big room, but there are cages in there. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Like, there was, and, a, like there was a drag, um, like stage. There was, show. A, there was a drag theater that had a cover, so I never went in. Of course, I'm such a cheapskate. Um, but the rest of the the rest of it, like 
I remember being there just like as a young man, like totally wasted, walking around in this maze of mirrors while other people are just like doing whatever. Like, that's fucking terrifying, man. Fuck. Anyways, that's single white female. All right, shall we move on? We're gonna move on. All right, so now we're gonna talk about. Can you look? Can you look up when this was when this was made? Sure. The hand that rocks the cradle was made uh, right around single white female. It's got to be around the same time. Give me just a moment. So here. we're gonna be talking about the uh, Rebecca De Mornay, Amanda Sciarra, Julianne Moore flick. Ugh, Julianne Moore, so the hand, good. The hand that rocks ah, the cradle. Same year, nineteen ninety-two. I thought. Oh, so this was like a movement. This was like. Oh yeah. A time for these kind of movies. Really, really interesting that it's the same. Same year, yeah. I think. Yeah, so Hand That Rocks the Cradle. Um, Why don't you synopsize this? One? Sure. So I'll, I'll try to make it quick. Uh, the, the Hand That Rocks the Cradle is basically the story of, of a couple being torn apart, right? Um, but here's how they're torn apart. So uh, I can't remember what, what the husband does, but he's, uh, I think he's a scientist. He's or like some, works in something a lab. like he's, he's yeah. like a researcher, something like that. Um, the wife is pregnant, and the wife goes to a gynecologist. Very common thing, obviously. Goes to the gynecologist, and the gynecologist um, sexually assaults her during the first exam that she has with him. And uh, she this is, is very me too. Oh, like when we were time. watching this, I was like, "Oh my god, and, this is like." Right and honestly, there. the the scene um, and the the, so the guy that plays the guy that plays the doctor is actually Q from Star Trek: Next Generation. Oh. If you if you can remember that, so it's it's also kind of jarring because you don't really see him in that kind of role. Um, but the scene where he sexually assaults her is. Uh, it's not graphic, but it is. It's hard to watch. It's very uncomfortable. It was, it was hard for and me to watch. Just, and that's another thing that's really interesting about both these movies. Both these movies are not afraid of nudity. Not they at all. They are hard R with the nudity. It's it's ready for it. So uh, so this happens. Um, she goes home she, and it, she tells her husband, which I also thought was a really interesting thing for this time period. She doesn't like keep it to herself. Yeah. She tells her husband. And the husband is like, we have to do something about this. So very quickly, um, they uh, they they go forward with with the story, um, and then through a series of montages, you learn that other women come forward too, and this guy is getting investigated by like the medical review board, mm-hmm. and he's being sued, and this and that, whatever. In the course of all of that, but the person that has not pressed charges yet was the 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 woman that we're talking about, the main character of the story, right? Um, Claire is her name. Um, and so in the course of, of the investigation, in the course of the lawsuits, the doctor, Dr. Mott, kills himself. Um, and then you meet his wife. Played in, by Rebecca DeMornay. Played by Rebecca DeMornay. Brilliantly, who's, who's by the way. Excellent. And also, like, channeling the look of, like, Hillary Rodham Clinton, like, like ready for it. I, she looks so much like her in that movie. I just, you know what I mean? I, so we watched this. Especially, like, I think it's 92. We watched I mean? this this oh. morning, like, and... I this was the first time that I watched this movie, and I was like kind of blown away by yeah. Rebecca Demorne. <laughs> yeah, she's really really good. So uh, Rebecca Demorne is is the wife of Doctor Mod, and the movie she's Peyton, and um, she learns from her lawyers about all the shit that she's about to go through because obviously the estate is going to get sued up the wazoo. Mm-hmm. She's basically going to be left penniless. Yeah, like it's, it's and without a, a house, and, and she's pregnant house, as well, and she's also pregnant. Um, and in the course of that too, she loses the baby. And she has to have a hysterectomy. So a lot happens there. So um, then we cut back to our original family. Um, She's obviously still pregnant. She's having the baby, whatever. And she needs to get a nanny. 
Mm-hmm. Um, she really wants because to start a greenhouse this, outside. I'm like, it's so 90s. Like, girl. I'm like, okay, you need help with two kids yeah. because you're building a greenhouse. I know, right. Like, but, you know, she builds this greenhouse. And it, by the way, they live in Seattle. Um, she builds this greenhouse and she 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 plans on spending a lot of time outside. So it's a very Seattle nanny. day today. Here. Oh, it's very Seattle in Chicago today. Um, and so, in the course of looking for a nanny, guess who pops up? Rebecca de Mornay. Rebecca de Mornay. And Peyton comes up and says, oh, is this where this family lives? And she finds out that, yes, this is it, because she meets the wife right there. And she's like, oh, how did you find out about this? And, and in classic, She like, makes up this story about, oh, I was at the playground, and I heard somebody talking about this family needed a nanny, and, and I, I just happened to need a, a job right now. Classic 90s right. is that she doesn't investigate her at all. Not at all. Like, she's like, just come and be my nanny. Well, well she's yeah. like, yeah, come in. And, like, you know, within, like, an hour, she's like why don't you just stick around and come back for dinner and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So, of course, the whole family falls in love with her, right? Well, don't forget, they basically, she basically seals the deal because she sees that the the uh, mother's earring falls out and she fakes that the baby was choking on it. And baby, she saved exactly. the baby. So this proves the family. So then she's like, oh my God, she's a genius mm-hmm. with, with kids or whatever. And so, basically, um, her plan is to break apart their marriage and make her look steal, like a hysterical. Make her look like a freak. Yeah. And then steal the husband, steal the baby. And, and, kill, and kill her. And if she and if she can't have the husband, she'll just take the baby. Yeah. And so that's basically what the movie is about. And a whole bunch of shit happens. Uh Julianne Moore, I think, is brilliant as as the as the former the love interest yeah. of uh, of the husband, actually. Can I tell you something? Yeah, and, please. And my husband is here, and I forewarned him that I was gonna say this. You here. love the husband, don't you? I I knew so, you would. I am so sexually attracted to that I man. I knew you would. I knew you would. And his name is Michael, the husband. Oh, there um, we go. That, and she's mine. Oh my god. What the fuck? Jesus. Come on. Crazy. He was so nice and cute and lovely. I just can't. He was nice. He had a little bit of a bad boy side to him, you know? And so that that's that that's part of what uh Rebecca de Mornay uses against them. So, you know, like the uh the she is- the, the, the Julianne Moore character, her name is Marlene. And Marlene is actually the first, like, major love of the husband. Right? Yeah, like, when they were teenagers. When they were teenagers. And so, like, there's, there's you know, always that little tension of, well, they used to be in love or whatever. So they so could fall back in love. You yeah. never know what could happen. Rebecca de Mornay pushes on that and pushes on that and makes the wife, makes Claire so paranoid. Well, she, I gotta tell you, like... You know, um, in the first movie we reviewed, there was a lot of manipulation. But in right. this movie, <clears throat> she is a fucking master, master. manipulator. Like She's master, everything she does is a means to an end. Yeah, like, and you know, I will say what's what's interesting about that. It makes me think of Shakespeare, again. and I think I talked about this before. But like, the thing about the, that's great about Shakespeare is that you learn that there are no villains that are just born villains, right? There, there's always a reason why people do the things that they do. Um, and so that is one thing about this film that I think is a little lacking, is that I don't... Yeah, her husband killed himself. Yeah, she lost everything. Yeah, she had a hysterectomy. Yeah, she lost her baby. I get that. Those things don't necessarily equal villain, though. So... Yeah, I think it's more of a... I honestly think... I look at this as like more of like... she. It's a revenge film. Yeah, sure, but that's an awful lot of revenge. I know. And that's, I mean, it, it, and, you know, don't get me wrong. It's a horror film, and horror in a lot of ways just needs to be fun sometimes, right? Yeah. And, like, and, you know, as people who enjoy horror films, we like to watch these things happening. We get that. But um, I, I do wish, like... I, I wonder if there could have been a way to learn that... I mean, look at her husband. 
the husband was a piece of shit who sexually assaulted his patients. Yeah. She probably knew about that in some Had way. to have you in some I mean? way, shape, or form. In some way, she knew that her husband was off. How was she off? Maybe this is a pair that were together doing evil Bad and nefarious things. things together. And now, like, it's, it's not that hard for her to kill and maim people um, and put other people at risk and destroy lives because she's like, fuck it. I know how to do this. Can we talk about the most problematic part of this movie is it the greenhouse part no which part it's ernie hudson oh god oh my god okay so let's talk about right off when we meet him yeah talk about that right away yes so so tell us who ernie hudson plays so ernie hudson i forget what his actual character solomon solomon that's right yeah yeah, solomon um which i also have a problem with (laughs) he basically plays a mentally challenged uh black man and They who, have, who, was, who was in a program? Yeah, and he's basically a community program. He's entered into a program that gives mentally challenged people the uh, a jobs. right a right to work, basically, right. um, and gives them jobs that they are capable of, dependent on like, their level. In, in this case, like like painting the trim on yeah. the house, or like you know putting up a fence, or mowing the lawn, like but stuff we, like that. The way we meet him is basically he shows up and um, I forget what's happening in the house, but nobody can hear him knocking on the door. And he's coming to the house because there's a job available to put up a fence. Yes. Um, (laughs) And so he comes around back and is just happening to be like looking in the window when she looks up and just like... An old white girl jumps for high heavens and screams. I think when I said that, I think I texted you a text earlier today and you were like, hashtag white fragility. Entirely. (laughs) But I mean, I guess like, you know... One thing is to look at this as like a, as like a museum piece in a way, right? So this is 26 years ago. Audiences back then probably jumped. Yeah. Right? Because you're talking about white audiences that were going to see this movie about white people. And you know what? If they saw a black man in their window too, they would have been like, oh my God, I'm going to be killed as a black person. Yeah. Ah! So like, it's it's interesting to look at this as like a piece that's just like, Whoa! Yeah, and that's, even, that is that and is they crazy. Do, they do some like pretty awful things with this character because, oh, God. um, pretty much from the namely be- just making him work all the time. Yeah. Well, like what the fuck? And from the beginning, um, Rebecca De Mornay has kind of like a personal um, vendetta against him because he got like a little bit of paint on her white shirt, and so basically <laughs> she is a rock solid bitch yeah. to him. <laughs> Oh my god, she's so evil. And so... That part where she's walking by the window, and she's like fake smiling, and then she drops it, and you're just like, oh my god, no fuck. This is why I love Rebecca Dornay. Jesus. Uh, And then, um, they... She basically makes it so that it looks like Solomon is molesting their younger child. She puts, she stages a uh, panties in his like work cart. And then Rebecca DeMornay basically makes the wife like, she's like, oh, the baby monitor is out of batteries. Can you go see if Solomon has someone in his cart? And then she just happens to find the little girl's panties. Yeah, because also also Solomon has them in his cart. Like, of course, he just has like some random batteries. Which is that the same little girl that plays Matilda? No, it's, it's not? not, but it looks like her. Okay, because she looks so familiar the, to me, and I couldn't figure out what else she was The timing would be off. Yeah. Um, but she does She does look very, very familiar in that way, too. Right. She really does. Um, but yeah, I mean, the way that they treat Solomon in the movie... He's basically their it's, slave. It's it's a problem. He's basically It's a problem. Slave. It reminded me... And I, was trying to, I, I, I was trying to do some Googling today before we, we started recording, 
and I couldn't find it, but it reminded me of a film from like the 50s or even like the 60s, maybe like an old horror movie. And it, it, it I, w- I was reminded of like the bad sea, but I knew it wasn't it wasn't the bad seed. I just I couldn't. If anyone out there knows what I'm talking about, that that it, it's it's similar to this film and especially the black character. Let, let us know on Facebook or send us a message because I would love to. I just could not think of it today. Yeah. Um, and nobody nobody else had written about so it. So basically towards the end of the movie, she's found out. And it's probably one of my favorite scenes of the entire movie. The wife comes home have just having found out. <laughs> okay. And she, I, I, we were sitting on the couch watching this. I'm like, slap her. Do it. Slap her. And instead of like slapping her, oh, no. she oh, straight girl. up punches that she bitch. She socks her in the fucking face. She like flies across the <laughs> she, dining room table. She, yeah. She lands on the table. The plates go flying. And it's, it's pretty epic. It's it's very satisfying. Yeah. It was very satisfying. I do to want watch. to go back to one other moment yeah, that sure. I really want to harshly criticize. Yeah, please go ahead. Um, the part where okay, so Julianne Moore is the first person that figures this all out. Yes, and she figures it out because the wind chimes. Because of and also because of microfiche. Yeah, microfiche moment. <laughs> um, and so she goes over to the house, and Rebecca De Mornay is basically like, "Oh, she's not here. She's in the greenhouse." Well, she had staged the greenhouse so that the glass on the ceiling would come shattering down when someone opened the door. She did it to get the wife at first. Yes. That's what they allude to. And she would have gotten the wife, too. The way that She that was on her way home with out. seedlings. Yeah. She would have. But I, I'm sorry, but like... It's not very believable. Would that kill someone? I mean, it's... I mean, Potentially, it certainly could, but I mean, like, also, like, my guitar falling off of its stand could maybe kill me if I tripped on it in the wrong way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's. I think it's highly unlikely that glass would break in such a way that it would, you know, fall in shards large enough such that you would be stabbed to death yeah. by it. Like, yeah. that's where I'm at. And and where you see when you when you see Julianne Moore's character lying, Marlene, when you see her on the ground when she's finally discovered. I mean, it's like old girl, like got like you know, it was like a gun with with like glass shards in it. I mean, so that was not very believable. It was very dramatic. I liked it still. Yeah, but. I mean, and and once again, like in context of like you know, 1992, I'm sure back then we were all like, oh my god, I'm going yeah. in a greenhouse again. But yeah, believable, no. So, but it's so, also 2018. So towards the end of the movie, basically, Rebecca De Mornay is forced out of the house, but she comes back and is going to basically kill this family to take the the kids. Um, so she hits the husband on on the head with a shovel and, then he's and knocks like, him I down broke the stairs. Both my legs, right. I can't move. Yeah, and then you know she you know she finds the wife and you know, she gets her too. And in the in the meantime, Solomon knows that there's What's something. He knows there's something up with Rebecca Dubois. Yeah. So he kind of waits in the wings and kind of is right. making sure this family's okay. Right. So when this all is happening, he comes to like quote unquote like save the day, and he takes the baby and takes the little girl up into the. Attic? Into the attic. Instead yeah. of going out the front door? It looks like a treehouse, but it's actually an attic. Yeah. Um, and, and he has a ladder there that he's going to like go down with the kids. But I'm still like, why didn't you just go out the front why door? Why didn't you just leave? Yeah. yeah. But it's all setting it up for the fight between the, the wife exactly. and Rebecca DeMornay. Which has to happen. And then, of course, Rebecca DeMornay is killed when uh, she is pushed out a window. And she lands on a white picket fence. And then immediately... Which I think also was really clever because, you know, her name is Peyton. That reminded me of Peyton Place... And I wondered, like, God, is that where they got the name Peyton? I bet, oh, I I bet it probably is. And hurling on a picket fence, especially to and I die, do, I is think it's perfection. really funny that, like, as soon as all this happens, they're like, oh, 
now we forgive you, Solomon. Exactly. Right. Oh, oh, you were on our side the whole time. Uh, yeah, it's... It's know, a typical 90s ending. Very like, much. Happy family. And, you know, there are certainly problems there. But at the same time, like, is it an enjoyable film? Oh, Absolutely. I love this movie. It's so much fun to watch. Okay. I, think, I think everyone is really good in it, too. So this, I want to go back to my earlier comment and... About the start of the films. About the start of the movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the beginning of both of these movies... They give away the twist. Yeah, they do. They give away that she was a twin and single yeah. white female in the very first scene. And why? And they give away that she's the doctor's wife in the beginning of the movie. Wouldn't it be so much more of a revelation to go through the whole movie wondering, like, who is doing this stuff? Why are they doing it? And then it turns out that it all is because you killed my husband by accusing right. him of sexual assault. What if it's because, oh, she was a twin and she wanted to mimic, like, mimic right. that? It just, a better reveal. They just blow their load way too early. Well, I mean, I guess also like thinking about context once again, were other films doing better at reveals back then? Yeah. That's something for us to think about. It just maybe. is like, I let me, can I just like recut this movie and show yeah. it to you again? Because it's going to be better if you're surprised by that. Somebody out there should do that. Because, I mean, they really are solid films. Oh, but yeah. But you don't need all that shit in the beginning. No. You really don't. It's really... Um... And, you know, speaking about the two films, too, one interesting thing that connects both of these is uh, they both... So, Rebecca De Mornay and Jennifer Jason Leigh, they both won MTV Movie Awards. For what? For Best Villain. Oh, I can see that. Yeah. So, Rebecca De Mornay, of course, for Hand of the Rust Cradle okay. in 92. So, and who do you... Th- white female. Okay, let's let's grade this, and I have a couple questions for you about sure. both these movies. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it the same grade. I'm gonna give it a five. I think I think it's solid. I think it's I think it's good, um, and I think it was it was really good to watch again. It had been a long time since I'd seen yeah. this. I come up on this one. I don't know why. Like yeah. I really I just there's something about the era of this movie and the way it's done that just like hits my funny bone. If you yeah, will. right, right. Like. I'm at like a six. Okay, hey, that's, a, like, that's a high rating. I just really like this movie. I gotta say though, that's not how you take asthma medication. No, you it's don't not. just spray it into the air and suck it in. Yeah, <laughs> like, like you have to like actually do it. But um, yeah, it, it, it's 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 a great film, and um, I think it brings up some really good points for today. I, you know, I think it's um, you know, I, I do wonder, you know, folks who are really into the Me Too movement, if you watch this again, I wonder how you feel about it. Yeah, um, because it really is the story of like. Well, it's a story about a lot of things, of course, but it's a story about one woman coming forward and one woman attacking her for coming forward. Like that, that is the crux of the story. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that, that's it's happening like, now. It is so weirdly timed that I thought about watching this movie. And I probably haven't seen this movie in like 10, 15 years. Yeah, right. And or me we, either, for sure. And like watching it, I was like, holy shit. Yeah. This is like exactly it's what's happening right, right now. on key yeah. right now. So that's something for us all to really think about. Definitely. Yeah. Um, so I got to ask, considering yeah, they both won best villain. Yeah. Who do you think's the better villain? Um... Do you mean acting or, no, or the actual just like, character? No, just like the actual character. So I think like, oh, that's that's a really hard question to answer. I know, I know. I think that, um, do, 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 do. who's the better villain? I think the better villain, so I, I've got a two-part answer. Okay. The better villain is Rebecca De Mornay's character. I think without a doubt. I think she is vengeful. She is spiteful. She is calculated. She is cold. And I mean, like the scene, like with the bully at the schoolyard, like come on, like damn. 
Um, but I think that the, the what more... What she say? I'll rip your fucking head off. <laughs> yeah, like to a little kid. And like, I think the more realistic villain, though, is Jennifer Jason Lee's yeah. character. Because I, I can actually, like, I think that, you know, the hand that marks the cradle is fun to watch. I think that the, the possibility of that, like, being real is a little far-fetched. Yeah. But single white female there's something about her character that's like messy enough to where it could be real it's real yeah like i mean and, and you know like, like like we were saying you don't know people like whether you think you do or not you don't and my favorite line from both of these movies yeah the hand that rocks the cradle is the hand that rules that's the world. right there it is that's right and by the way folks that is a poem if you didn't know that and the poem um was from what year let's see if i can find that right now it's it's an old one um, because it's written by William Ross Wallace, uh, who died in 1881. Wow. So, yeah, if you, if you look it up, the title of the poem is The Hand That Rocks the Cradle is the Hand That Rules the World. It's not very long, but it is interesting to read, and you should give it a read. That's pretty, that's you can find cool. it on the internet. Yeah. yeah. So I think that will bring Listen, us... You, you can find it on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> you can Google it. I've definitely, I've definitely just uh, aged myself. Yeah. Guess what, kids? I got Google. I know how uh, to do it. I think that will... Do you have anything else you want to bring up? I think we had a really great discussion on two films that that are interesting to think about in the moments of Me Too and the women's movement. And I think it's great that we did today. And I I mean, looking at these, looking at the how relevant these two movies are still to today, I think challenges us to really uh, search for bringing an answer to these issues. Yep. Because clearly they've been going on since, you know, we were kids. Uh, and they're not going away anytime soon. And we got to learn from our mistakes. Big time. So, folks, that is our horror and media segment. Um, stay tuned. Yeah, we'll be right back. Um, we're going to do uh, Hottie of the Month. And they're going to be good. So, get ready. Thanks. Shantae, you stay. All right. And we're back to close out the show and do our semi-regular like skit. Uh, We've been going back and forth, right? We like to mix it up. I'll tell you, I actually put this out on Facebook to to, uh, vote on whether people like Hottie of the Month better or whether they like Slice Left, Slice Right. That is so hard for me to say. (laughs) Um, It's a a tongue twister. Which one they like better? We had 10 votes. Guess how it went down? It was 50 It was 5 and 5. So (laughs) So, we're going to give you both. We're going to keep doing both. We'll switch it up. Yeah. So... Hottie of the Month is exactly what it sounds like. We choose somebody that we think is really hot. It's something that we're watching this yeah, month. Yeah. So that's basically what it is. It's nothing genius, <laughs> yeah. but go ahead. So my Hottie of the Month is Timothy Oliphant from uh, okay. Santa Clarita Diet. Yeah. Um, I first laid eyes He's on a this. Cutie. I first laid eyes on this hottie back way back in the nineties when he was in a little movie called Go. I don't know. If oh you know my god, Go! Oh my god, I haven't thought about Go in so long. Where he played the drug dealer. Wow. And he's basically like in a Santa hat and no shirt for the whole like the whole movie. Well, I'm looking that up right now while you talk about and that. And he he just did it for me back then and. He kind of had a weird phase where he didn't look so good, like in the Justified days. We all have those yeah. phases, though. But now that he's, like, playing this, like, very, like... Oh, wow, yeah. Oh, you're right. I'm this, looking at the Santa picture right now. Now that he's playing, like, the straight-laced dad type on Santa Clarita Diet, wow. it's really doing it for me. Yeah, <laughs> so okay, you know what? I'm, I'm all for that. Yeah, so. I think I think it's a solid choice. Uh, my choice this month, because I was talking about how I'm watching Westworld right now, is James Marsden. Oh, yeah. Now, James Marsden should always be on your hottie list. We all know that because he is just so absolutely handsome. He's oh, my gosh. Blue eyes. Yeah. I'll tell hair. you what. 
You and, know that he's also like a total like nice guy yeah. too. You know what I mean? Like, and disturbing on. behavior. That was my introduction to him. And I had the biggest crush on James Bond. I mean, Disturbing Behavior in general was a great movie. I love that movie yeah. so much. But I'm looking, I'm looking at photos of him right now. You should do the same thing at home, folks. Oh, or on, so your, good. on your smartphone. He's so freaking cute in that and damn I love, movie. I love um, Katie. Look at how just like all American, like, yeah. like ruffled hair. He's definitely like, the quarterback. Oh, come yeah. on. He's so... Damn I cute. also love Katie Holmes's look in that oh, movie. Oh my god, she looks like Faruza Balkan in <laughs> The Craft, for God's sake. Um, which is probably where they took it from. Um, so okay, yeah. so James, James Marsden, so cute, hottie of the month, but also hottie of all time. Yeah, I get it. So I think that pretty much wraps up episode five. God, five episodes already. You know, we've only been doing this since March, and we're already in episode five. I'm pretty proud I of us. I think it's pretty good. I'm proud yeah. of us too. So um, I'm actually, you know, we've reached about 276 people that are liking us on Facebook right now. We're really trying to get to that 300 mark, so please try to spread the word yeah. about our podcast. I have promised myself that I'm going to get better at Twitter, and I'm going to learn Twitter, yes. and I'm going to get on there. I sound like an old man right now, but like, I just never I'm got on I'm going to learn Twitter. the tweeting. But um, we've gotten a very nice um, thing from Ricky Morgan right. of Legion Podcast. Yeah. He does all of the social media for all of Legion Podcasts. He has uh, told me, he has let me know that if I want help with that, that he will sit me down and teach me. That's fantastic. So I'm going to definitely take advantage of that, Ricky. And uh, we're going to get better. And hey, you know, we just want to say too to everybody out there that, that's written us a review, either on, you know, iTunes Podcast or on SoundCloud or, you know, we're also on Stitcher now, by the way, remember... If you've written us a review and you've shared that with your friends on Facebook or whatever, we really appreciate that. That's that, that's really a great way for people to to have just a quick glance at our podcast and yeah. go, oh, okay, I'll listen to it. And then that's a great way for them to get to know us and, and start listening. So and, we really appreciate that. And speaking of one of the other podcasts who we're really close to, I just want to give a shout out to because I actually guested on his show. Yeah. And you can download the episode now from Legion. is the Psychosemantic Podcast yes. with Darren. Darren has hands down been our biggest supporter Big from time. the very beginning. Yeah. And to have me on his podcast was such a it was a really cool special man. moment. It was really cool. And speaking of that <laughs> podcast, we have been invited back. Yes, this time with you. Yay! To do their Pride Month episode, it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. So uh, he was gracious enough to let me pick the uh, the movie. So we're going to be doing the Rules of Attraction. Yes, um, That's such a great film. I love this it's movie. So I cannot good. wait to talk about it. It's I think so good. As of right now, we are going to be joined by Vanessa. Awesome. Um, Vanessa is an awesome co-host. Uh, she is on the VD Clinic. Um, make sure that if you look that up, as she always says, look up VD Clinic podcasts, not just VD Clinic. Yeah, because you'll, you'll, you'll just go somewhere else. Yeah. Um, and it's not a podcast. So yeah, I think next next week at this time, we will awesome. be uh, recording with them. It's going to be very, very so, cool. Uh, and then we're really trying hard to make it work with um, Cinema Beef. That's a lot of people doing that podcast that always guest star. Um, they're trying to get us on there. Sometimes scheduling is a bitch. But we'll get on there It's going to be great when we get on there. So, folks, thank you so much for being with us. We really appreciate it. Hope you had a lot of fun. We did. And we'll be back uh, very soon with another episode. Yeah. And hands down, thanks again, Bo. Bo Ranzel from Legion Podcast. You are amazing. Even, you know, uh, recognizing this podcast and giving it the legs that it needed to uh, keep going. 
I don't think we'd be here without you. Right. So really appreciate it and uh, all the help that you've been to us. Thank you for saving our last episode for what it was. Yes. Uh, and we appreciate everything that all of you do. And um, we will see you next time where we will be talking all things pride. It's going to be awesome. And probably, and probably a little slice of hereditary. Because oh, without a doubt. We, we have do to. Yeah. So don't forget the weekend's not over yet. So there's still time to go out and get slayed. <laughs>